0: Okay, here we go. Um, say, say that again, Brian.
1: The same thing?
0: Yeah, same thing. The woods
1: are lovely, dark, and deep, and I have miles to go before I sleep.
0: An American the Werewolf woods. in London Mac and Cheese, next. When your weekend's all spent up and you got Monday coming down the pike, sometimes all you need is a little comfort to get you through to Monday. Mac and Cheese Movies, where we believe in comfort food and comfort movies.
1: What was that all about? Beware the moon. A wolf. Did he say a wolf? I'm certain if there were a monster roaming around England, we'd have seen it on the telly.
0: We were attacked by a werewolf. I'm going completely crazy. The last remaining werewolf must be destroyed. It's you, David. Hello? Is
2: there someone
1: there? Good Lord. Can I have a piece of toast?
0: Welcome to Mac and Cheese Movies. I'm Scotty Coffage. And live from the slaughtered lamb, it's Brian Neighbors. Greetings. And a sheep just shit in her pack, Carrieville Diego. Hello. <laughs> so tonight our spooky movie is An American Werewolf in London. I made some lamb chops on the grill. One set with mustard, salt and pepper, garlic, rosemary, and one set with olive oil, salt and pepper, garlic, and chili powder, The second one was so choice, it made me want to howl. So let's talk about our movie tonight, American Werewolf in London. Let's do First Taste. When did you first see the movie? What is your relationship to it? Why is it a mac and cheese movie?
1: Brian, are you going to go first? I don't recall the first time I saw it like I did on the previous film. Um, I know I was young. I was a mid-teenager. I know I was in love when I first saw it. Again, because I was raised on horror movies, Perhaps. Um, but I will tell you this, it is a comfort film, and here's why it's a comfort film to me, and it's not unique to me, but um, I enjoy that part of my personality. Um, I watch it frequently, or frequently than most movies. Just the beginning of the film, the opening sequence of Bobby Vinton's, um, his angelic voice when he's singing Blue Moon, and you see these... You know various uh, visions or, or, or screenshots of you know Northern England, and the moors, which is well, I played film on Wales. Um, this very barren landscape, um, but it gives me some sort of um, I say we say comfort to where I want to be there. I want a hut. I want a wooden hut. I just want to live alone on the moors. And to be able to open my front door and look at those, you know, treeless hills and smell that cold air. Um, just the beginning of the film gives me joy. And that that's how well it, that's how well it starts. Um, and that, that's why it's a comfort film to me. And just the fact that I, I love films like this, you know, since I was a young boy.
0: A young pup. Um,
1: yeah, this, this movie came out in 1981. You know, granted, in 1981, I, I turned 10 years old at the end of the year. Um, so I probably saw it when I was nine. Back then, you know, I, I, I don't think I saw it in the theater. I probably waited until HBO came out. Um, we had HBO, and I'm sure I watched it on HBO. Um, and, and it's unfiltered film, um, which is there's some there's some there's some scenes in there that you know gives the young you know child like oh I've never seen that those things things kind of forward. Um So. That's all I felt about that at the time. I loved it. It's, I still
0: love it. It's a comfort film to me. It's, uh, Carrie, do you want to go or do you want me to go?
2: Um, I'll go really quick. Okay. Uh, yeah, came out in 81. I was just uh, six years old when it came out. But my memories of watching this film are once uh, someone in my family, I believe it was my uncle on my mother's side, had it on VHS. And everyone was talking about it and watched it over and over and over. Uh, same. Um, HBO and then eventually I think it was playing on cable TV on different channels um, with the nudity you know edited out so basically grew up watching just over and over repeated viewings Um, and then of course you know once I got older I realized how funny it was Um, I didn't get that so much when I was younger when I was younger I was in it more it was never truly scary the first wolf attack is scary Uh, Beyond that, it's just awesome and cool. The first transformation, a little gory, a little gross, which I also love. Um, But, again, uh, rewatched it many times in my teenage years because I got to see a naked man. Uh, (laughs) Showed it to all my girlfriends for that reason. Um, But just the the more I watch it, the the, the funnier it gets. (laughs) It's great.
1: So true.
0: I um I had I had missed this movie as a blind spot, so I didn't watch it until last week when we were camping. Um, I had it downloaded on my iPad, so I watched it when we were in the tent. And I was just I was just blown away by this movie. Um, and I, I was just captivated by it. Um, you know you're you're watching it and you you really. What would it be like to first off? I was thinking, what would it be like to be backpacking through Europe? And they've just got like the backpack. I mean, I can't pass, pack, yeah. I packed <laughs> more, way more than that for one night staying at the Villa Diego household. Um, yes, <laughs> but it, it was, I was blown away by this. Where Fright Night, I was like, well, this might be an acquired taste. This, I was, I it, immediately loved, and then like all, all my notes that I took on it were not retained. So, um, now I feel I feel like I'm overmatched for this podcast, but we're gonna do we're going we're gonna go for it anyway. I'll, I'll I'll probably remember stuff as we're talking about it. Let's talk about the ingredients. Um, who who is our main character? Who is who is that guy? What's it, What's his name? David Kessler. Uh, David, David Kessler.
2: Kessler is the character's
0: name. <laughs> so his friend you know, what, Brian, do you want to set it up for us? Like when they go into the tavern. And what happens okay. to them to break it down for us.
1: Well the, the characters are David Kessler and Jack Goodman. Best friends, or say very very close friends, from New York. So they're back, um I say backcrap they're they're going across Europe. Um, they start off in northern England, but they can't wait to get to Italy where the young women are. Um, so they start off in the most miserable places in Europe, Northern England. Bleak, cold, raining. Humans inside, except for the ones that just dropped them off in the, in the pickup truck. Um, so yeah, their goal is to just go through Europe and you know meet people. So here they are in a very bleak area, the moors of northern England, and they come up to a village um, called. Uh, oh, what's the name of it? Uh, oh my goodness. Anyway, so they come into the, the village and they 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 need someone warm to eat. And the only place they see is this place called, say it? The Slaughtered Lamb. The Slaughtered Lamb. And they're looking at this hanging sign, and like, well, what do you expect? me he's like, well, that, that that's what David says. And then Jack's like, look at this picture of a wolf being decapitated. Looking at the irony, the name of this place is called The Slaughtered Lamb. He's like, um, where's the lamb? Where's the lamb? <laughs> A slaughtered lamb but what you see is a slaughtered wolf. Well there's a subtlety in that is like the wolf probably already ate the lamb that's why they killed the wolf. Anyway so they go in. So how much more do you want me to tell you Scotty?
0: They you know everyone everyone tells them they get kind of kicked out of the, the tavern. Okay. Anyway, and so they go in and
1: they they, they pretty much shut the place down because it's very jovial. Everybody's laughing, having a good a good time, um and except for the one female behind the counter that serves the ball in the bar. Um, they're playing darts. They're telling jokes. They're slapping each other's backs. Just good people having a great time. And they walk in looking like nothing like everybody else. Everybody else in there is wearing wool and um, wool caps. These two guys walk in, they're both wearing puffy coats, one red, one green, um, and backpacks and looking nothing like everybody else. So you already know they're outsiders, whether they know the language or not. Um, Everybody shuts up and stares them down. They're like, um, can we come in? And the hostess, the one behind the bar, the woman who actually was in the Cheers episode once a long time ago, and she says, she nods yes. So they sit down at the only table that's unoccupied. And so she comes up to serve them and they're like, um, well, do you have anything warm to eat? And she's like, no. Okay, well, do you have any coffee? And I was like, no. Okay, well, do you have any um, anything else? And she's like, no. So, uh, she goes, well, if something warm me, why not you have tea? So, oh, we have tea then. He goes, no, but I can make some for you. And so they <laughs> go, well, yes, if you would, please. So she walks away, and then the crowd starts to, like, mumble again. They're starting to talk to each other. They're they're filling each other out. They're like, okay, we can get back to normal and start talking to each other, everybody else. And so they start talking. You hear the mumbling in the background. So they're starting to get comfortable with each other. And, you know, and David and uh, – am I going on too far? David and Jack start talking to each other, and they're like, okay, let's uh, – Wild crowd, and so they look at the star in the wall. And say, "What's that star for?" I don't know. Don't worry about it. Let's get something warm to eat. And so, um, well, maybe, maybe that star, you know, maybe they're, you know, maybe they're from Texas. So that's when the hostess she walks up with their warm tea, and she goes, and he goes, "Remember the Alamo?" That's what that's what Jack said to David after he says, "Well, maybe they're from Texas because they see that five pointed star on the wall." Five pointed star on the wall, you know, of course means sign of the werewolf. Anyway, so she's like. Remember the Alamo? She goes. I remember the Alamo. And, and they go like. You know, so the the two American boys are just kind of. They don't really respond to that. So she serves them their tea and walks away. And that's when one of the other blokes, one of the Indus blokes sitting nearby, he's like, he's the you know the the alpha male of them all. He's like, she means the one from the cinema, the movie, the one with John Wayne. And it, you know I'm not going to do the accent. And they're like, oh yeah, the one with John Wayne. Yeah, very bloody film. And he goes, yeah, bloody awful if you ask me. And so everyone starts laughing together. Yeah, did you hear the one about the flying, the crashing plane? And they, they tell this great joke, which I love. I don't know if you want me to tell the joke, and I probably won't. I probably shouldn't. But I'm just telling you, that's when the crowd gets back to normal. They start telling jokes, and all the other guys say, oh, don't tell this joke again, dude. So he tells this great joke, you know, about flying across the, the, the um, Atlantic, you know, all these guys from the United Nations, and... Um, and one says, you know, the one says, and they they, 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 they go on low on petrol. So the plane starts to crash. And like, okay, so they chuck out all the luggage. And he goes, the plane's so heavy. So they heave out all the seats. So the plane's so heavy. Well, then the Englishman steps up and says, um, God save the queen. And he jumps out. And then the, the froggy, which is what they call French people, because uh, they eat frog legs, um, walks up and says, uh, vive la France. And he jumps out. But then he goes, well, then the Yank delegate from Texas, he steps up and says, remember the Alamo, and he chucks out the Mexican, and they all start laughing. And which is a horrible joke, because I feel sorry for the Mexican. It's not fair. Anyway, everyone thinks it's funny. They, they okay, so Jack feels um, um, free now. So, okay, everyone's having a good time. I could ask this question. What's that star on the wall for? And everybody shuts up. And the guys that are playing darts, they miss the darts. They, well, they, they, they miss their um, target, and they hit the wall. It says, "I've never missed that before." You made me miss. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. And I'm like, well, there's no for you for no food for you here. You can go now. Um, and so, like, well, okay, let's go cool now. Because, well, they asked that stupid question. What's that star on the wall for? That nobody wanted to answer. So get the heck on out of here. So they had to leave the bar, the only place in town. Because there's a hot, there, there's the church and there's all their homes, which is only like ten homes. So there's nowhere else to go except for the bleak baron of the moors. So that's where they go. And they like, well, okay, let's play the slaughtered lamb. So they go out into the darkness.
0: And then, and and then and that's and when
1: the bark, the bark, the waker says, or when she goes, you can't let them go. Because that's when we start to know there's something wrong with this town. She's like, well, it's none of our business. None of their business. What's going on? What we do in our town. She's like, you just can't let them go. You can't let them go. She plays with them. You can't let them go. They're, they're already gone. Like, well, it's in God's hands now. So that's it. So at that point, we already know there's something wrong. Without even knowing there's a werewolf, werewolf in
0: town, there's something wrong. One, one of our characters gets killed by the wolf. And then our other character is just kind of attacked by the wolf. And he's saved. And he wakes up in the hospital, you know, maybe weeks, was it weeks later? And he's staying there for recovery for a little bit. And then his friend comes back and he's like a corpse. And he's, like, telling him, you need to kill yourself because you're going to be a werewolf. You're going to do all kinds of damage. And he's, like, he's having dreams about it. Um, he falls in love with, the, with Nurse Price. Um, nurse Price. Um, who's, you know, will read to him when he can't sleep. Um, it's just, like, the best nurse you would ever want. And then, so that, that's what's going on with this movie. So, th- so what do we think about the ingredients? What do we think about... Like the actors, the director, John Landis, Rick Baker, all these people involved.
1: I have a lot to say about it, but it's Carrie's turn
2: to talk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love John Landis. I mean, you've got your American World London. Uh, what else? Spies Like Us. Uh, Blues John Brothers. Prices, uh, Come to America. Uh, Three Amigos. Um, uh, fine, fine. Comedic director. He's, he
0: was, um, he, was he was on a roll. He was on a roll in this era. This is about a ten he year was. period. Yeah.
2: Yes, yes, he was. Um, to this day, to a podcast, John Landis that was recorded like in 2017, and he still insists that this is not a comedy. He does say it's a horror film. He says it's uh, more of a horror film with a black comedy uh, mixed in. Um, but I do think of this film. As a comedy. I think I think of this movie as a, a comedy with horror elements, uh, personally. Um, but uh, I love the family in this, and um, I, I love these two kids. I love these two backpackers. That's what makes the film. You are immediately invested in them as soon as it shows them walking and talking. I love these guys so much.
0: Agre- um, agreed, agreed.
2: Uh, it's just, it's great. They're so young and so bright. Uh, and it's terrible what happens to Griffin Dunn. <laughs> but I love him.
1: Griffin Dunn, so bright. In
2: and, and, and a sequence, um, you know, he gets more decayed, you know. Uh, like, I love that his appearance gets uh, you know worse each time we see him. Anyway, I just, I'm a big fan. Big fan of John Landis and this movie in general, but I just wanted to, could say that I, I just think that um, the movie he sets the tone right away, like Brian was saying, with these two kids and just them and their just their conversation with each other It makes you love them
1: instantly. So if, if that
0: scene doesn't work, the rest of the happen. movie doesn't work.
2: Yeah,
1: totally. Well, it starts off with them just having casual conversations that any two American boys would have, whether walking down the street from the bus to their home or from the bus to the school. Um, but they're having the same conversation that we have always had, um, in the middle of, of, of a bleak England. Um, and you immediately relate to that. They tell terrible jokes. They talk about who they
0: want to (laughs) F. They want to F.
2: Yeah. I love that too. I love that. Um, I love that when, um, when his buddy, uh, when Jack comes back, you know, when he's dead and he comes back and he talks to him, it cracks me up because, uh, You know, he mentions the girl. The girl he's talking about in the first, um, the first scene, like, oh, guess who was at my funeral. Guess who cried a lot at my funeral? (laughs) Like, that's all great, hilarious.
0: (laughs) What? Yeah, and what?
1: She's so grief-stricken. She she runs into the arms of of who? I remember. And they say this
2: guy's name, and they're like, "Oh, him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What an asshole. Yeah. Some (laughs) guy that Oh, yeah. Right.
0: When David wakes up in the hospital. Like, something's wrong with going on. It's like the people said that he was attacked. What did they say? And and Frank Oz is there. The actor Frank Oz is there. Yeah. And there's like a big cover-up about like what has happened to him. And his real doctor doesn't know this. But there's like a whole kind of conspiracy about like the cover-up with this and with the wolf.
1: Yes. Well, the the, the village he came from, they had already treated his wounds. Sent him to London for treatment because they want him out of town. They know what he is. They want him gone. Um, but he gets there, and he's like, he's having these dreams. He wakes up three years, uh, three three months, or three weeks later, and says, "Where's Jack?" He's they tell him he's dead. He's like, "What do you mean he's dead? Um, we were attacked by an animal. What are you talking about? We were attacked. You know, the the, the police said you were attacked by a, an escaped lunatic. You know, um, and he overpowered you two boys, killing one of you. That's that's that that that's what they were told. The doctors at the hospital. Even the police in London, in Scotland Yard, is what they call them, uh, um, and he's like, "No, that's not what happened." And I'm like, okay, well, he's obviously out of his mind. Let's move on.
0: Yep. An- an- another movie, The Boy Who Cried Wolf, and he he gets out. At- he gets out, and Nurse Price is like, "Hey, do you want to stay at my place?" You know, he-, he stays with her. He sleeps with her, and she also says. You know, I haven't, I, I don't just let any man, like, into my apartment. You know, I've only had, like, you know, this many lovers in my life. And that made me think that maybe it was the werewolf DNA that was, like, attracting her to him. Brian says, no, it's just the Florence Nightingale effect. But uh, what do you think, Carrie?
2: I think it's a little bit of both. I, I, I agree, like, because uh, I also am very attracted to David and can't quite explain why. Um, But I I think, um, yeah, I think there's, uh, I I, I do think, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I too am like Nurse Price in that uh, there's something very attractive about her, and also something very sad. And um, I also have to say that um, my whole life as I've watched this movie, during the transformation, I never feel fear. I feel great sadness. It breaks my heart. As I see his body contorting and turning. And the pain on his face. And I know that's not what the scene is for. But Brian, you know my issue. I mean, I always empathize with the monsters. Especially when it's not their choice. I feel terrible for them. But I also feel terrible for David. He can't help it. Um, And I think Nurse Price just feels the same way. There's definitely some literally, you know, animal magnetism about him. He seems like such a happy-go-lucky guy. But there's something scary underneath, and that's always exciting and sexy as well.
1: Well, they have a great they have a great chemistry chemistry between each other. When she's Thank serving you. him food, like when he won't eat, and she's like, "You have to eat. I can't serve you these pills until you eat." He's like, "No, I'm not going to eat." So he pinches his nose and he opens his mouth, and she shoves in the meat. And right there, right there is when he knew I want her.
2: I get what you're saying, but from a woman's point of view, it's also kind of just like, ugh, that's just a boy like wanting to be mothered, and it's actually not very sexy to me, personally. Oh. Oh. It's like, uh, yeah, it was kind of like a thing of like, oh, feed me now, I'm a baby, you know what I mean? But I get what you're saying. I mean, he definitely was into it, and so was she. Um, but yeah, I think
1: that's like well, any man when he's sick
2: of like, oh, feed me, you know, put a heart rag on my forehead.
1: Well, not only that, okay, so she also read Mark Twain to him, and he enjoyed that.
2: Yeah, I like you enjoy
1: that. A, a Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's Court.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Definitely. Which I've never read, but you know, this movie makes me want to read it.
2: You should read it.
0: What 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 are the what are the things do you kind of highlights about the film or favorite scenes in this movie for you guys?
1: Beyond the transformation, um, I love it when she invites her home. I love I love walking watching them walk up from um, you know store to home while they're in the, the what what they call the tubes. I love it when they're uh, uh, we we call it a subway. But you know, remember when they're on the subway and they're with all those those punk those punk kids, yeah, the punk rockers, yeah, yeah, the mm-hmm. punk rockers with all the you know different kind of hair and everything. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I love that scene because it tells you what era we're in. Yeah, you look at London and it looks kind of London. Come on, uh, uh, also 1980, 1980. and you you see all the old buildings, you see all the old cars, but you're also introduced to the fact that there's a lot of youth in town, and they're different. You mm-hmm. see the punk rock effect right there. you know. So you kind of have that feeling towards um, the local area. Um, and then they move on from that, to the little sh- the store where they're going to get some food. Then they go to her house, and as soon as you walk into her home, you see a picture of Casablanca on the wall. So she mm-hmm. loves American films. And not only that, when they're panning around, right above her fireplace, you see another poster of um, Gone with the Wind. So once again, you also introduce the fact that she loves American movies. Yeah, maybe she that's that in that I think, I think she also
2: has Mickey Mouse. She has Mickey Mouse. Oh, she has
1: yeah. Minnie Mouse, mm-hmm. and she yeah. has uh, the duck.
0: What's his name? Donald, Donald duck. duck. Donald. Donald's in there.
1: She has all them, so she appreciates all that too. Yes, I love her little apartment. But she also has pictures of, of family members all throughout her home, mm-hmm. next to mm-hmm. her bed, on the mantel, place mm-hmm. above the fireplace, like people in military garb. Um, so she appreciates her family. I don't know what that means to me, but I think it gives you character <laughs> as far as her. You
0: know? Yeah, I, I I love her, and she's, she's made, one hilarious. of my favorite characters favorite in the different. film. Also, what happens is like the doctor goes to the tavern to like kind of poke around. What an incredible doctor to go I, investigate this! Yes, uh, I
2: love this doctor. I want him as my doctor. I was doctor. thinking that today when I was listening to today when I was doing stuff, I was like. I love this doctor. Yeah, this doctor's
1: amazing. I love him. <laughs> oh, I love Dr. Hirsch. You know, they they add little things at the very beginning of, uh, you know, when, when they're first in London and, and the uh, Scotland Yard comes to see him about the, his patient that they found that uh, just woke up. Well, they wrote a whole scene where these two men from the Scotland Yard come into his office and um, you hear the doctor talking to his, um, his uh, secretary saying, listen, I don't want to talk to this guy. Not the not the Scotland Yard, but whoever it is on the phone, like. She's like, well, what do I tell him? She's like, I don't care what you tell him. Just tell him I'm dead.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm so that it's part. a very
1: casual conversation. i <laughs> say not even casual. He's having this conversation with his secretary. But I think it gives him character. Like, whatever you got to tell this person, I don't want to talk tell him I'm dead. I don't care. Tell him I died from a war wound. I don't care. I'm not talking to him. Yeah. I need time to spend with the Scotland Yard. So they didn't have to write that in. But that's, that's, that's the director. That's John Landis giving you character about this, this individual. So you already know he's got character. And then he's got enough character as far as He's starting to believe David. He's like, you know, something, there's something about this guy's story that's not checking out. He, he, he's just When he's looking at the Scotland Yard talking to him, they're dismissive of his stories. He starts to feel on David's side, is like, there's something there. So he goes to East, East, it's East something, East, um, I'll figure it in a minute. Um, he goes to that little village, and then he learns a little bit of something about that. They're all neurotic mm-hmm. there. You know, maybe there's not werewolves. He doesn't believe in werewolves, the doctor. He's, he's sensical, but he knows there's something going on. Where if if they're nonsensical, well, maybe they pass that nonsensical uh, whatever the burden and the noun is of that to David. David now David believes that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so
0: yeah, what a great doctor. What what what's, what what's incredible about this movie is the transformation only happens once. I think in a lot of movies in the last 25 years. It would have transformed maybe forty-five minutes in, an hour in, and then the rest of it is like maybe him coming to grips with it. But it's just one time; it's only one time he turns in. It's at the end; it's the climax.
1: Well, at the end, do you think it's at the end?
0: Is it not? It's, Towards it's a little like, bit more than halfway through. Okay. Okay, so
1: the the major climax. say it's, it's it's a major scene um, where he transforms into the werewolf, and you see it. He has to strip down all the way to show every part of his body that's changing. And they did it massively uh, Rick Baker, the, the artist. Um, and they did it fully in that one scene to where that's where he goes out and kills the six individuals. And then he comes back and he finds himself awake in the zoo, sleeping next to actually wolves. And he escapes and then he has to get out of the zoo and they have to figure out how to get clothes on to get back to um, the nurse her price is flat and then we go through the whole ordeal where he has to convince her or, or she has to call the doctor and say yeah he's back and he's like well please bring her to my office we got to talk to him there's been all these deaths last night and he may be responsible for it so if, if that's what you're talking about yeah that scene takes place and then at the very end of it when he meets um jack again there's a very short transformation scene in the uh, porno theater
2: yeah but it's just like yeah it's just him having the headache, you know, where his head hurts and he's getting hot and he's trying to tell everyone to leave. It doesn't – and it shows his nails, I think, break through the skin, but that's it. Like, it Correct. Like, you know, people are getting attacked, yeah. You've already
1: seen it once. You don't need to see it again.
2: No, you don't. Exactly. And that's what I love about it. And at the end of the movie, it's just full-on wolf. And we just see him moving, if you know, and his, his bloody teeth. Uh, I love – today I noticed that um, the guy
1: he kills on the subway – Everywhere for see you next Wednesday yep, for, for that for, for porn the number. porno yeah <laughs> yes I want, I've, I've always noticed that see you next Wednesday is all through the hallway yeah and I see, never I, I have never noticed that till today <laughs> okay so John Landis lovers I've had to research this Carrie you might know this I'm, I'm Scotty hopefully you do do already that there's there's um in each of each of John Landis's movies he's got a subtle way of adding. See you next Wednesday in every one
2: of his films. Oh, I didn't know that. that I didn't know awesome. that
0: either. And it's
1: not, all, all, it's not a porno movie in every movie. It's, sometimes it's just a saying on the wall, like in, um, what's the uh, what's the um, uh, fraternity movie he did?
0: Animal House. Animal
1: House. House. See you next Wednesday is in that. Oh, See you nice. next Wednesday is in Spies Like Us. Oh, See you no next, next Wednesday is in every one of his films in some sort of different manner. That's cool. So it's, it's a nod to himself that he adds yeah. that in every one of the movies. But in this movie, it has to be a porno movie, which is, you know, you can't forget that. But, but hey, yes, <laughs> so, it always made me wonder, like, my God, do they really um, advertise porno movies just right there in the middle of the subway?
2: But uh, Scotty, didn't you think that was uh, so funny, the actual porno film, when that guy's like,
1: bust in on that couple? And the, <laughs> the guy... Hey, what are you doing with her? <laughs> I've never seen you before in my life. Not you, you twit,
0: huh?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, he says, something, like, no, he's, yeah, he says, like, no, it's the girl that says, I've never seen you before in my life. He walks in while they're in the Oh, that's right. And he says, you told me you wouldn't do this anymore. He's like, I never told you any such thing. Or like that. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's like, oh,
1: I'm sorry. So walked into <laughs> the wrong room. <laughs> I love that's it. When, that, that's when David looks at, you know, at Griffin Dunn <laughs> green corp actually not even green anymore. He's actually Bonnie Bart. Like, n- nice film.
2: Yes. <laughs> it's hilarious. God, that's funny. I love it.
0: I love it. every time yeah, he's, he's, a, he's, great, a, he's decaying. Every time we see him, every scene, he he looks completely different.
2: He looks worse and look worse. And uh, that, but what I, uh I think before he's so skeletal, remember? So like in the porno movie, right? He's, you can see, like, through his jawline or whatever, but the scene before that, I guess, when he doesn't quite look as bad, I love it because there's this little piece of, like, you know, remember his neck is, like, <clears throat> ripped up and just, like, chewed up, but there's, like, a little piece of flesh that moves and dangles every time he speaks and every time I just concentrate on that one little flap of skin. I love it.
0: So the the end of it, when he gets killed, it, it felt like King Kong to me, and, and how Nurse Price is there, and she's lost, you know, this love that she had, and how tragic it is.
2: It's heartbreaking. Um, it is tragic. It is, um, I would say the whole film is a tragedy. You have youth, uh, you have young love, and it, it doesn't end well for anyone. It's definitely a tragedy.
0: What What else are we saying with, um metaphor, like I think there's a lot of horror movie, it's always like saying something, I don't think we have as many werewolf movies as we have like vampire movies or maybe some other kind of genre movies um, So That is true So, is, tell us about the werewolf, what's the werewolf? Well, werewolf
1: I think is is your animal inner um, your, your natural being um, your, the wild side inside of you, uh, where a lot of people associate, you know, being a vampire is your seductive side, your wild side is your werewolf. And I don't mean I don't know what that means other than it doesn't mean you have to go out and kill like a werewolf or you know, running around on all fours, hell at the moon. Doesn't matter. It's your it's your inner wildness. Um, and I think that's why it's so hard to relate to. Uh, most people don't don't associate that with themselves. Um, that's why you know perhaps vampires are more popular. And that's why you don't see that I many werewolves movies, you know, except for in the 80s. I will say this, and as far as this werewolf movies, Carrie knows this already. Is it, it came out the same year as another
0: werewolf movie, um, The Howling. I've not seen The Howling. Is Gary Busey oh in that? Oh, my
1: God. Scotty Coppich, please watch The Howling. It came out the same year. Um, 1981, even though I think it was actually made in 1980 and released in January 1981. The Howling, um Joe which, Dante. Huh? I said, Joe Dante. Director. Joe Dante, another great director. Scotty, Joe Dante, you know him?
0: Gremlins, The Burbs.
1: Yes. Yeah. It's his second movie. Um, I think his third movie was Gremlins. His first movie was, um, um, um Piranha. the fish, Prana. Thank you. Um, so Joe Dante did this, and it's it's a very naturalistic movie as far as you know. You definitely associate uh, being a werewolf with um, your natural. Animalism um, inside of your, inside of your being, um, but I don't know why I associate the two together. But they're they're close. Um, they count the same year. Being a werewolf is just different from being a vampire, and and I, and I that, maybe that's why I watch this movie so often. You know, it, maybe it's just a way to get away from society. There's just too many um, rules in effect, and when you're a werewolf, and all you are is an animal, you just get to be that um, wild side, that wildness um, that we don't get to be in ourselves. And so maybe that's why we associate ourselves so well with werewolves, or some of us do, and most, most of us don't. I mean, it's a good thing. But but that's why I enjoy the movie so much. I mean, it's not like it's just so tragic. It's so, like Harry said, and it is, and you, know, you feel sorry for him when he changes into it because he doesn't do it. But sometimes I just want to do that. You know, I don't want to grow fangs and, you know, suck someone's blood. Go back into my coffin. You know, maybe you just want to
0: run through the woods without, you know, with, with, totally naked, them. be wild and free. Yeah, well, it looks yeah. cold out there. <laughs> and the the actor said that in the making God, that I they shot during like January, February, I think, in England. Yeah. So when Invisible he's weather. when he's doing that those scenes, it's it's real cold when he's shooting those scenes naked. That's yeah.
1: true, and I've and I've watched them um, a whole lot. I, I have there's not a specific documentary I've watched about this, but I've seen a lot of the um the um this you know like the uh, add-ons on the on the blu-ray version and the actor david Naughton's like you know yeah he goes by the way when you're filming me running through the woods naked you're going to have to back off you don't film me up close because this is what he said you know this is a fact you know he says he's uncircumcised. and his character is circumcised because his character is jewish and the nurses look at him to see what he is and they're like mm-hmm. oh i think he's jewish right he's circumcised you know Everybody in Europe's uncircumcised. Well, for, they found an American actor that's uncircumcised, and you don't see that very often. You know, I don't know about anybody else present, but I'm just saying, uh, um, you don't see that very often. And that's what he says in, in, in some of these add-ons. It's like, back off when you're feeling me running through the woods. I don't know whether that relates to anything, being cold or anything, but that's what, that's, that's what it is.
0: <laughs> Would you want any other actors in this movie? Like, in, um... Like, to if you recast this in 1981 with any actors from any era?
1: Uh, no. I, I can't put myself in the director's shoes. He picked these actors because they were young. He saw them in other, not necessarily films, but other smaller roles, like either in commercials or in um, you know a TV role.
0: Our, our main and guy was like in a commercial. Dr. Pepper commercial.
1: That yeah. is true. He saw yeah. one of them in a Dr. Pepper commercial, and they earned their role in. I can't imagine anybody else in these roles. I mean, Griffin Dunn's a great actor. Um, I love his family. Um, he's from a, 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 a acting family, um, a very um, intelligent family. Um, so, yeah, I can't imagine anybody else playing Jack Goodman. In fact, you know, even when he's uh, as Jack Goodman, um, even in makeup, I can't imagine anybody else. It'd ruin it to me. They don't have to be movie stars. I mean, they, they are what they are. In fact, though, there's other actors in this movie. Scotty, did you recognize anybody else you reckon that might be? Um, you might have seen in something else.
0: I saw. I've seen Frank Oz and stuff. Um, right, Frank
1: Oz. Uh, he's awesome. Uh, but do you remember the actor Rick Mayall? Drop dead, Fred.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, is he in it? Barely. Obviously, okay. barely.
1: Okay, <laughs> he's one of the guys in the very beginning of the movie who's in the, um, the, in the Slaughtered land. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he's playing chess with the one guy that tells the jokes.
0: Oh. Mm-hmm. He's
1: real young in that yeah. scene. Mm-hmm. But there's also, like, David Schofield, the, the dart player. Do you remember him? No. Oh, my God. He, I, he's he got the scarred-up face. Mm-hmm. Not, not necessarily from, from, like, knife wounds or anything, but he had smaller roles in, like, uh... Oh God! What's the name of that movie? Um, with the Romans and um, three hundred. Now before Spartacus.
0: That, um, let me look him up. I don't remember. Um, oh, oh, you know what I'm talking about? The one that got all those Oscar Oscar awards, Gladiator. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. He had a smaller role in Gladiator. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying
1: there there there's there's people that that began their career in this movie. And yeah. It's not just those two individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, there's people that that you know. Um, like I said. The lady behind the roll um, of the uh, the bar, slaughtered lamb. You know, I remember her from when I was a kid um, in a Cheers episode where they had to hire another waitress, and they hired this English lady, and they everybody loved her, but she couldn't stay very long because she had to go back to England. It's funny. No, y'all remember? Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I
1: remember her. I was like, oh, that's the lady from um, American Werewolf in London as a kid do we, but like the guy that told the jokes brian glover the chess player mm-hmm. you see him twice in the beginning of the movie and later when the doctor goes back mm-hmm. remember he was in alien 3
0: oh uh, yeah i do I uh, now no, now yeah i do yeah, no. yeah 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 i try not
1: to remember
2: alien
1: 3 okay okay well i'm just saying there's people you recognize that began their careers in these movies right. or you know maybe they're in the middle of their careers
0: like, like Nurse Price, you remember her from anything else? No, I don't. I don't
2: remember her from anything but this
1: movie. I, you know, I don't either much, other than the fact that she is in the Avengers movies.
0: Oh, like the, uh, she was, like, in the, like, the TV series, right?
1: No. No? She was in the movie. Uh, if she was in the TV series, I'm not aware of that. I never
0: watched it. Like the Avengers, remember, like, the, the one... Remember the, the
1: people that, that um, the, the S.H.I.E.L.D. group that, um, Nick Fury had to report to?
0: Oh, Oh! yeah, see, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, she's, countries. yeah, yeah, yeah. I... She's one of them.
1: Oh, wow,
2: okay. Yeah, I don't remember her from that. I just remember, and I think she's so pretty, and I love her. I love her in this movie. I think she's great.
0: She's great. Like,
1: again, th- this is one of those anchor films that I associate people with the film, not so much people, these actors, with other films. But whenever I see these people, like, that's the guy, that's the lady from American world for London. It's one of those anchor films for me. So I'm glad you selected it, Scotty.
0: Mm-hmm. The doggy bag. What you take away from the film? What, what's the legacy? What are you taking home? I'll, I'll go. I'll go first. You know, great John Landis film. You know, maybe the peak of of John Landis. This movie that's like really kind of unlike a whole lot of other films. I can't even think of a film that's really like it. And if we've had you know 40 years. Of movies kind of probably riffing on this and like taking things from this but it's just it's just great it's great cast and it's a really enthralling film well i'm glad you said that because
1: it, uh, that's absolutely the truth it's a great cast it's a great script it's great execution um, i it, it was an easy film for him to film um from what i've seen is in his um in a lot of the uh, the blu-ray edition but it, it's it's one of those films that just I can watch it over and over again and still pick up something new every single time I watch it. Um, whether it's the, it's the couple that the first couple that gets killed when they go, um, they get dropped off by the cab driver to go, you know, play a prank on their friends who they have a dinner party with. Um, it's, it's, it's everything they say to each other or which ones gets, who heard the noise first. You know, it's, it's it, I always learn something new from each person that gets killed. Whereas the three homeless guys sitting out there the next to the river, um, what do they notice first? It was the dog that notices first? And what do they say? Or what do they say to him in the theater? I mean, the, the little subtleties I always pick up on something new. It's just one of those films. It's like The Godfather. I always learn something new from each time I see it. It's flawless.
0: Carrie?
2: Uh, I guess it's not much more to add after what you guys said. But yeah, I just think it's an excellent film. You know, uh, the fact that they go to the slaughtered lamb and they arrive at the slaughtered lamb after riding in the back of the truck with a bunch of lambs. I mean, you know, like, the movie pretty much lets you know from the get-go that it's not going to end well, Um, but I love it, you know? Um, Good point. Obviously, the title of the film, you know there's going to be a werewolf in it. Uh, Like I said, I think the first scene when they're walking in the wolf attack area, beyond that, not too much scary, just um, the makeup effects. I love these two guys so much. I love them. I love them so much, and care for them, and it's so upsetting the way it ends, but... I love the uh, the song choices, by the way, too in the movie.
1: Uh, the soundtrack is great. Um,
2: yes, the song that comes on at the end, everything, uh, almost every single choice in the movie, I think, is perfect. So, yeah,
0: I love it. I think good I good point. When I for, for Mac and Cheese movies connections, number one, Carrie and Brian were with. We went and saw Aliens and Terminator together, at Alamo Drafthouse a few years ago. Uh, me and Carrie did the podcast on that. The three of us and George and Shannon did the Major League podcast last year. Brian and I, I think we saw when we first met American Werewolf in Paris. Am no I wrong? Wait. Really? Was that with you? I think so. <laughs> and its it's got the I guy from That Thing You the Do is the main character. Like, it's not, it, I don't know. When I mean, if it's, first
1: watched it, I liked it. Now I hate it now. I will never watch it again. But I do remember watching that in the theater, and, and I'm glad that was with you, Scotty. I don't remember that movie with you, but I'm, I'm glad I did. That was
0: 1997 when yeah, it came or, out. Or 98, or yeah. It was some yeah. That, when, 97, 98, something like that. When the band Bush was big, because they had the big song with the trailer, and it was in they the movie. They did, yeah. Uh, Bush was big. <laughs> yeah. What song was that with the mouth? <laughs> yeah, mouth. Yeah, I think it was mouth, yeah.
1: <laughs> that was fun. Um, I hate that movie now, but at the time
0: I liked it. You can follow us on Twitter at Mac and Cheese Movie. Give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. See you next Wednesday. Mac and Cheese out.